It's the Locked On Sabres podcast. Joe DiBiase, Jordan Hanskin from the Meadville Tribune and a contributor here to Locked On Sabres, hanging out with you on a Tuesday, the day of the Sabres hosting the Colorado Avalanche. Third game, or even fourth game, fourth game of their home of their homestand here. And uh, they still remain 10 points out of a playoff spot, so uh, not really thinking too much about that anymore. We're going to have a, a trade keep cut section of today's show we're going to go player by player throughout the uh throughout the uh throughout the team um first though jordan like what we're we're both uh politics guys i don't want to get into too much politics here but iowa (laughs) is still going on you you keep it tabs on iowa i i would call myself a make fun of politics guy i really don't i think i never really real i never really see a huge difference i think all the differences between like obama and trump is a bit it just seems overblown. Like my life hasn't changed a lot. I guess it's just because I'm not like in like a section. I'm not in like a part of the, like <laughs> the world where it matters more. Like I'm not, you know, super mm-hmm. poor, or super rich where my taxes get super affected or my, my life gets affected. So I just feel like politics doesn't affect me that much. So I guess I just kind of ignore it. And I, 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 but days like yesterday make me laugh. So hard i was gonna say they, i i like you i'm looking for like the humor in it all that's exactly what i do and i know people will get mad at me say you should take this seriously like it matters to a lot of people and i'm like but they're picking delegates via coin toss i mean it's the, <laughs> the funniest thing in the world i think that's it's the why funniest I, thing in the world that's why i brought it up because of the <laughs> coin toss like what that, that's a thing like it we're deciding twice. elections by via coin toss <laughs> Like that is got to be the most primitive way to decide something. <laughs> Why can't they just split the delegate? I don't get it. I don't get it either. But I think Simple a delegate math. is. A, I think a delegate is a person. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. You could split them in half. Uh, Sabers versus Avalanche tonight. Nathan McKinnon in town. I'm at a point. I told you this before we came on here. That I'm at a point where if I'm looking to attend a game. The Sabers are not really what's driving me to the building. Um, like when the Leafs play, I'll get there just because the atmosphere in the arena will actually be one of, uh, you know, like a true hockey atmosphere for a team that's not mm-hmm. garbage right now. Um, or like tonight, like Nathan McKinnon isn't playing in the building. That to me is the MVP front runner. Like I would vote for Nathan McKinnon right now as the MVP of the league. Um, he's in town. I think he's the second best player in the world behind Connor McDavid. I, that'll get me there. Yeah, he's he's your guy. He's been your guy for a while. Oh, yeah. He he has taken that big jump too, where he started out like he was like a very good player, but just looking at his career point totals right now, sixty three points in his rookie season. Then he had thirty eight, then fifty two, then fifty three. It was almost like Reinhardt esque numbers for Nathan McKinnon for a while, and then he just exploded. Ninety seven points, ninety nine points, and this year he's got seventy two points in fifty games. And that's kind of the step I think Eichel's taken, but it's a step that McKinnon has already took uh, for Colorado, and he's just far and away that team's best player, and they're second place in the West. And that's why in the MVP race right now, I'd vote for him because Eichel would be in the race had the Sabres been a playoff team, but they're not going to be a playoff team, so they're not going to give it to Eichel. Edmonton's two guys are first and second in the league in points. Dreisaitl's first, McDavid is second. But to me, that takes votes away from each other when you're looking for an individual award like this. It's like, okay, well, which one do I give it to then? And then Boston, the same thing has happened. Pasternak leads the league in goals, and Marshawn's top five in points. And I feel like they're taking 
votes away from each other as well. Like, oh, which one do I give it to? Whereas McKinnon is just, I think there is a 25-point difference between him and second on Colorado in points. He's got 72. And who's second here? Cal McCarr, who I also love, by the way. I really love Colorado. Like, I'm going to be rooting for them in the playoffs. I'm going to even bet on them. Um, Cal McCarr, <laughs> their 21-year-old defenseman, is second with 37 points. So McKinnon leads the team with 72. Second is Cal McCarr with 37. That guy should be MVP to me. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the uh, – I like comparing it a little bit to the NBA. Like, to me – often the most valuable player is I always think of it as like how bad would a certain team be without this guy? Yeah. And so like Colorado, they, they would probably still be decent, but they wouldn't be the second best team in the West if they didn't oh, no. have McKinnon. Well, they might not even be pretty decent. I mean, if a defenseman would be your leader in points. Yeah, that's, that's true. They would probably be like scrapping for a playoff spot. I'd imagine they'd have yeah. to play a totally different game. Um, that's why I think Eichel should be in consideration. He is mm-hmm. so much more valuable to the Sabres than like right. <laughs> if he was on the Bruins, he would not be nearly as valuable. Right. Um, well, right. He would still be amazing, but you're right. He would the be... Sabres wouldn't need the Sabres would be the worst team in the league without Jack Eichel. They they'd be absolutely they'd, would be. They would be Detroit. Who who would their number? They'd be worse than Detroit. Detroit's at least got Dylan Larkin as their number one center. Right. Who would the yeah, Sabres? They... Who would the Sabres number one center be if if Jack Eichel wasn't here? Uh, Maybe Dylan Strom is the answer to that. Maybe <laughs> Dylan Strom is the answer to that. Maybe, yeah, yeah, something like that. And uh, that's, that's, that's why I mean, we we could relitigate the tank all we want, but that's the total evidence of why it it worked. I so, bet you, yeah. I bet you. By the way, if if Eichel had never been here, if Murray and the Sabers didn't succeed in the tank, um, Reinhardt never moves to wing, and I bet you he's their number one center. Yeah, yeah, probably. That sounds that sounds right. Um, um, but yeah, I, I yeah. like the I like the Avalanche. I think that they're mm. it's 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 interesting because I remember McKinnon as on the the baby Avs with uh, Patrick Waugh yes. when they were like surprised when they surprised everybody and made the they went like from the last of like first. Yep. And they were not just last. They were like the worst team in ten years. They had like forty eight points in the right, season. right, and they're yeah. considering. Uh, you know, like we got to move all the, they have too many good forwards from what I remember. Like O'Reilly was on line three and, you know, McKinnon was, you know, still trying to figure things out. And it's pretty, it's pretty amazing how he's become, as you say, the second best player in the league. I actually think, uh, I, I really think Eichel might be the second best player in the league. Yeah, they would be close. I would put Eichel third right now. <laughs> it's nice that he's even in this conversation now because of the season he's having. Um, yeah, I would McKinnon versus Eichel would be really close. I just McKinnon is so dynamic. Yeah. And Eichel's got probably pretty a better much defender too. Who, if McKinnon? you wanted to I don't know. Yeah. Eichel's Eichel's come a long way as a defender. It he doesn't necessarily get the credit for being as good a defender as he is because he doesn't do it in like the typical defensive forward type of way where he's True. not diving, blocking shots. He's not you know, skating, it doesn't appear that he's skating like super hard to get like on back checks. But really, when you look a little bit deeper in like the results, he is actually such a good defensive player because his strides are so big that it may might not look like he's booking it to get back, but it's because it takes him five strides to catch a guy from behind where it might take Johan Larson 15 strides to catch Mm -hmm. a guy. And then his reach, like, it's so long that, like, even on a penalty kill, he's a weapon because he can pressure the point man 
from like 10 feet away and Mm -hmm. because of his speed and because of his reach. And even though like, again, that's not the typical, you know, defensive forward type of, of, of game. I still think that he uh, does a pretty good job in it. Um, yeah. McKinnon is, is a, is a good all around player too, though. I, I would put them very close together. I would put McKinnon maybe first only because they're both incredibly fast straight ahead, like insanely fast. They both have top five hands in the league. They both probably have top five shots in the league. The one difference is McKinnon is almost like, what do I want to say here? Like, I feel like Eichel is like Julio Jones. Like he's just, or Mike Evans, like in the NFL, he's just like a gazelle. He can just beat you straight and he's still fast side to side. But I feel like Nathan McKinnon is like Odell Beckham. Like he can still run the go route and he can hit you deep, but this guy can like turn you around inside out moving side to side. And I think the only player that moves side to side on his skates in the league, like McKinnon is McDavid. So that's yeah. why I think I would give him the very slightest of edges over Eichel. Okay, that's pretty fair. It's I mean, hard looking to at Eichel, it's fu- yeah. yeah, he's like eighth in in the points list, but he's playing with by far the worst. The worst. You're group. right, and even I kind of just made that out to be like McKinnon is just like the it's a one man show there. It is to some respect, but even though Makar is second in points with 37, I should have looked a little bit deeper because Miko Rantanen, who is also a very good young player um, for them. He's only played 34, ga- 34 games this year, and he has 35 points. So he would be right up. He would be a lot higher uh, had he not got hurt. And even yeah. Gabriel Landeskog would be higher too. He's only played 34 games. He's got 22 points. So that first line, McKinnon, Rontanen, and uh, Landeskog. Yeah, like Landeskog and Rontanen is far and away better than what Eichel's got yeah. right now. My my Eichel comparison is probably more like NBA. Like he's, he might right. be like Devin Booker. Like he's just like by himself with like this a horrible group. Devin Booker. He might be better though. It's probably more like Lillard. I think he's better than Devin Booker. He's like yeah, uh yeah. maybe Lillard. But Lillard has yeah. at least McCollum. Eichel doesn't have McCollum. There's no McCollum here. Sam Reinhardt's McCollum. No? Dalene would be closer. McCollum's actually good. Reinhardt Reinhardt's good. <laughs> he's good. He's good. Okay, fine. He's He's, he's good. I'll give him good. I, if if Reinhardt's good, but I think CJ... I think McCollum McCollum is like, I feel like he could carry a bad team. He'd be like it, the best player on a bad team. If Reinhardt can't be CJ McCollum, then what is he in, in NBA terms? Like, is he <laughs> is he Draymond Green? Like, he's what are we Bojan talking about? Bojan Bogdanovic. That's no, that's disrespectful. <laughs> As nobody Bogdan listening Bogdanovich. to this, nobody listening to this that doesn't follow basketball has a clue who Bojan Bogdanovic is. How about Bogdan Bogdanovich? Isn't there three Bogdanoviches? Which one is this that you're talking the, about? The best one, I think, is the Kings. Well, the Jazz one's pretty good, too. Okay, the, so you just compared the, you compared Sam Reinhardt to a Sacramento Kings player. A good Sacramento Kings player. <laughs> Tremendous. Um... <laughs> By the way, uh, JT Comfy are playing pretty well for uh, Colorado this year as well. Of course he'll he will be in the building tonight. 23 points in 47 games. Uh, <laughs> s- speaking of former Sabres, what the hell? Mark mm. Pesek playing forward scores a hat trick last night for the Florida Panthers in a comeback victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, could you have writ- wrote a stranger headline for a former Sabre? Like, uh, the, the equivalent of Alex Nylander suits up as an emergency goaltender for the Blackhawks and as a shutout. Like that was a strange one to see that Mark Pesek of all people scored a hat trick. Um, <laughs> and it scored like 10% of his career goals in one night. 
Yeah. Um, More than that, he actually. Playing, he was he has, playing forward. He has 20 career goals, and he had three last night. So He, he was playing forward, so it, it kind of brought me back a little bit to uh, um, would Risto be decent at playing forward. forward? I mean, I don't know. Like, would he? He, he's he's <laughs> playing he's playing a lot better playing forward on the power play, um yeah and I would not have guessed that I did not like the looks of that at the beginning like he looked uncomfortable in front of the net he he doesn't have he didn't have that Reinhardt way of thinking where Reinhardt's in front of the net but if there's a loose puck there he's not and he gets it he's not always just looking to jam it through the goalie's pads and just keep digging at it and keep whacking at it as many times as he can. He might do that, but at the same time, he might be looking, okay, well, now I got Skinner in the high slot, so I'm going to pass this up to the high slot, even though I'm with the puck in front of the net. Like, he would have that wherewithal, like, multiple things to do with it. And Ristolainen has kind of developed that, though. Like, Ristolainen made a really sweet pass on a power play goal. It was either right after the All-Star break or right before it um, that made me think, like, all right, this guy maybe could be, like, a front-of-the-net guy. Could he be a good forward? I mean, he's got the talent to do it, and... They've got enough defensemen where they've tried Brandon Montour up there. I don't know why they wouldn't try Ristolainen if they get back to seven defensemen. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, Pizik, though, what a that a trade! One. I love looking back at that trade. How bad it is! I hate it. It was it sucked. It was one of the stupidest trades. It was uh, it was like a desperate like oh we need that left handed defenseman that bad, and we're gonna they did get Asplund out of it, but I don't need what it what is Asplund. Line three forward at best. He's trending to me to be the next Johan Larson. Yeah, that's not great. At yeah. thirty three, that's not great. And, and so maybe he did get a trade up, but that. you you lost an extra pick, mm-hmm. but you could have traded for something else. And you traded right. for a guy you had for half a season because he got hurt because he hit uh, the the bench stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Exactly. Yeah, and we lost a we lost a pretty decent defensive defenseman. He's not going to score you goals. Like the hat trick is an yeah. anomaly. That's not going to happen a lot. But but he'll he'll prevent the other team from scoring. And the Sabres yeah. have a serious issue with that. He he's a defenseman that you can rely on each mm-hmm. game to give you fifteen good minutes. Yes, and he's like a, he's the type of third pair defenseman that you want. I think when he was coming up, especially him being a first round pick, I think that people wanted him to be more of like a, a top four guy. But he hasn't really quite been that. Like he's averaged just over seventeen minutes a night for his career. That's more of a third pair defenseman. But the one thing that Tim Murray did not respect and the Sabres had not really respected as a skill set among their defensemen until this season was the ability to pass. If I'm building a defense core, I want every one of their defensemen or at least five of the six, their best skill set to be their passing. And that's what Mark Pesic was. Mark Pesic would make tape to tape passes up the ice in consistently and maybe he wasn't the fastest skater in the world and maybe he didn't have the most offensive ability in the world and maybe even he wasn't the most physical guy but to me he was solid enough in all of those areas to warrant having him on the team because of how good a passer he was and that's almost kind of like what they have right now in Lawrence Pilot so just to think that you could be you could be all the way through, like keeping a guy like Pesek instead of a Jake McCabe for instance. McCabe might be a slightly better defenseman but for what core you should be, and when you already have a Ristolainen on your team, and you already have a Bogosian on your team, and you already had a Josh Georges on your team at that time, well, maybe you should have picked a guy like Pesic over Jake McKay because it's a different type of a defenseman. 
Right. And just, I think, or not trade, trade either one of them. Yeah. The trade itself just didn't really make a whole lot of sense. It was a guy that, you know, you ended up getting rid of after the one year and it just wasn't a good fit. It was it, looking back. It's, it's one of his weaker do, trades. Yeah. Do you remember like he, he was, we were at a point where the tank was so fragile and that we wanted it to happen so bad that no one had a problem with Mark Pesek being in Rochester because it would have been too much of a threat to this, to have the Sabres. <laughs> I had a problem with it because I wanted to see what he had. Um, but and we I needed still the thought lose. we would be bad enough. I still thought we would be bad enough to, uh, you know, uh, get get the job done, but I thought that he I, – I really want him to play because I, I believe that he could – he would be uh, better served with the experience and that it would help us, you know, in the short term. Um, but it just – Right, yeah. <laughs> I get that people wanted to lose so bad. I was okay with uh, Tyson Strack and Andre Mazzaro. Right, right. It's, um, it, was, it, was a, yeah. it was a tough uh, call to decide whether you wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, guarantee losses by playing the worst defenseman imaginable or get maybe some Rochester guys and maybe lose closer and have stress yourself out a yeah. little more while getting more development. Hey, Mark Pesek, by the way, is a free agent after the year, and that is not a guy you will have to give much money to, if at all. Like, you might get him on a – if you wanted him back at the age of 28, like, you could maybe get him on, like, a two-year, three-year contract at, like, one and a half million per. Like, I think you could get him really cheap, and I'd be down for that. Yeah, I mean, him instead of Bogo sounds a pretty oh, nice. Oh, just look oh, – speaking of reliable. Just get him out of here. Bogosian, please. Enough. <laughs> it's uh, Please, no more. Um, speaking of Bogosian, when we return, we'll play trade him, keep him, or cut him. We will go through the Sabres roster. For the most part, it'll be the players that we uh, go over that will be the, uh, the players that are up for contracts at the end of the year because there are a lot of them for the Sabres. We were expecting a lot of turnover, I think, um, from the team after this year. I'm wondering, by the way, Jason Bottrell, uh, Sabres GM will be on WGR 550 today with Chopin the Bulldog. If you're listening to this before uh, the afternoon show gets going there, um, he'll be on with the guys at 530 down at 716. And I'm wondering if they're going to ask him about what's coming up, not just for the trade deadline purposes, but the offseason, how many contracts they have coming up. So we'll go through those players. We'll decide whether we want to trade them, whether we want to keep them, uh, slash resign them, or uh, cut them. And that'll be after this. J- Joe DiBiase from Lockdown Sabres here. Jordan Hanskin from Lockdown Sabres as well, as well as the Meadville Tribune. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast. Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin from the Meadville Tribune, contributor to Locked On Sabres here as well. You can follow me on Twitter at SneakyJoeWGR. Follow Jordan on Twitter at JR Hanskin. And uh, you can follow the um, you can follow the podcast account at Locked On Sabres. All right, let's do some sign them. No, wait, hold on. That's all right. Trade them, keep them, cut them. We're going to go through the Sabres roster here. We're going to decide whether we want to trade them, keep them, or cut them. we got the trade deadline coming up in 20 days, and uh, we've got a lot of contracts coming up for the Sabres at the end of the season. So there will be a lot of turnover, hopefully, and I would also expect that. Like Even though there's been some inaction from Jason Bottrell, I would expect that with all the contracts coming up that this roster is going to look incredibly different at the beginning of next season. So let's go through it. Uh, we've got Marcus, jo- no, not Marcus Johansson. He's got uh, one more year left after this. And I would be pretty surprised if he's not here. Um, 
Let's start with the the newest saber, Michael Froelich, a UFA at the end of the year. I don't know how much you've gotten to see him. I've seen him, you know, he hasn't played big minutes. I've seen a lack of offensive upside from this guy, and I get that's not really his gig. Like, he's more of like a two-way defensive-minded forward. Um, But he has not done nearly enough at age 31 for me to want to keep him around past this year. So I'm going to say uh, trade him. I would would trade him as well. I think that, once again, it might be another spot where you could maybe get, like, you know, a lower Mm -hmm. draft pick for him. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's a relatively decent contract that teams could pick up if they want more depth at the forward position. Yep. Um, And I don't think that you would get a whole lot for him, but it would be to me worth it. What did the Sabres give up? A fourth round pick, I think, uh, to be able to acquire him. I mean, they essentially gave Marco Scandella up, but I think it was a fourth round pick that Calgary gets um, to trade for a leak away. And like, I'd be fine. Like, fine. Give, give me a fourth round pick, whatever. I'll just stockpile mid round picks. Hopefully we hit on one or two out of like seven or eight and uh, we can go from there. So um, I would definitely be down for that. Connor Sherry next on the list. This one to me is the most interesting because I don't really need Sherry traded. I mean, of course, if, if we want a lot of turnover, then that would mean a guy like moving on from a guy like this. Um, but again, I don't need to see him traded. Like he's okay. If he's on my third line and he's giving me 15 goals a season, which is generally what he is. He's having a little bit of a down year this year. He's only got seven goals in 45 games. Um, but like, if you get him a, a decent center, and he's playing, you know, 14, 15 minutes a night. Like, I, I, I don't mind Connor Sherry on my team, so I'm actually going to go with sign him. I think you could get him on a, a not a too expensive of a contract. He's on a $3 million a year deal right now. Can I bring him back on, like, another three-year deal for, like, two and a half to three million bucks? I'm going to say sign Connor Sherry. I would also keep him. I think that he's the type of guy that you kind of want if you could just, you know, drop him down a, a slot in the lines. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's a guy that has the ability to score, and that's something that the Sabers can't really get rid of. That's right. not the type of forward I want to get rid of. Is one of the guys that actually can has the ability at least to put the puck in the mat. Right, and the other thing I like about Cherry and the why I'm picking him over Jimmy VC because I was not going to say that they should keep both guys um sherry is just lightning fast and he's not it's weird he's not necessarily like an incredible skater like he can he can fall off of his edges a little bit and he's doesn't he'll he can go down easily at times part of that's his size too but he's incredibly fast like he is got to be second on the team in speed right after jack eichel i would imagine um and if he's not he would definitely be darn close so i'm picking sherry to be signed and again that's partially because i don't want to keep both VC and Sherry. And I would hope the Sabres don't want to do the same thing because they're kind of the same player. Like they're guys you want on your third line. They'll give you roughly 15 goals a year. You would hope. Um, I've not been impressed with VC this season. He doesn't really create on his own. He's not the fastest guy in the world. He doesn't have the best shot in the world. And I get that he's had a three pretty nice seasons scoring the puck in the back of the net. He had 16 goals his rookie season and then 17 goals the next two years for the Rangers. But I'm not seeing much from VC that makes me want to keep him around. So I'm going to say trade Jimmy VC because I do think you could also get, uh, again, like a Froelich type of package, like a, like a mid-round pick for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I like about VC is that he genuinely seems like a hard worker on the ice. 
seems like he really when when he's out there it seems like he's you know trying he 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 ends up gaining possession in the offensive zone i feel he's able to you know get down there work in the dirty areas and stuff like that but is it is that worth it to me to keep him around where i don't know i think i agree with all the things you said about his skill set so i would probably also yep. say trade and i would also just be fine with you know letting him go yeah, because he'll probably yeah. be asking for more money than Jerry too. So, um, he probably maybe he they're they're pretty similar in their in their stats. Um, but you're right. Like if he he's two years younger, so maybe that would uh, attribute to that. Um, next up is who did I just have here? Evan Rodriguez, who has demanded a trade. So I think something's <laughs> got to give here. One. So he's our RFA at the end of the year. I, I can't see that going well. Um, he's only got six points on the season, three goals and three assists. And to me, I, I would think because he asked for a trade a couple of months ago and nothing has happened to this point, that tells me there's not a market for Evan Rodriguez. So I'm going to say cut him. I'm going to say he, they're not going to be able to trade him. And because again, like he, he's a guy that you can have on your team and you might want on your team if you're a good team, like to play in your third, fourth line. But you're looking for like entry level contract guys to do that. Like you're looking at guys getting paid nine hundred thousand dollars to do that. Two million bucks is not like a lot, but it's a lot more than I think you want for like a fourth line guy in Evan Rodriguez. So I'm going to say cut him. Three goals, three assists. Yeah, you can let him go. It's not gonna, not gonna matter. You can you can get anyone to do that. What a strange season though, because I liked him last year. Like he was playing in a role he shouldn't have been in. He was their second line center and. That was a big jump from being like a Rochester winger like before the year before. And he did an okay job, like having 30 points, playing in the second power play unit. Like, again, you wanted to do a lot better than Evan Rodriguez, your second line center. But I thought he did okay. And then this year, like he got in Ralph Kruger's doghouse like immediately. And he's just, even when he's played, like they gave him an opportunity on the top line the other night and he's still not really producing. So um, I think that's, I think that's yeah. more on, that's just, you know, I don't, when you're on the second line, when you're on the second line and you're playing with better players, yeah, your right. production tends to go up. And 30 points is like, it's okay. That's not very good for a second line. No, you're right. It's not. It's better. Yeah, maybe it's not even better than what they had because Middlestad had 30 points too. Um, and Middlestad's yeah, okay. a baby. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> He's a baby. <laughs> he literally, um, he looks like one. Uh, Zemgis Giergensen is next. Gear, let's package these guys. Zemgus Giergensen's Johan Larson. They're, they're the cutest couple on the Sabres. They're always packaged <laughs> together. We always think of them in the same way. I I have not minded either one's game this season. It feels like every year they go back and forth. One year I like Larson. The next year it's Giergensen. The next year I like Larson. This year I've liked the games of both. They're the um, only players on the they're the only players on the team. Besides like Eichel and like the top guys that that know their role and play their role well, mm-hmm. and that, that, that's what I think of them. What's funny is that Larson was not that at the beginning of his career because he wanted to be a top six center, and they kept putting him in that defensive role. And finally, I think he just got with the program with what he is. I I don't know what I would. I'm trying to think of what I would pick here because Gergensen is having a good season. Like he's had he has nine goals in 52 games. Like the, if the guy's on pace for 15, 16 goals. I'm I've been impressed with Gergensen's game this season. So part of me wants to pick him, but at the same time, they're so thin at center that even in the bottom six, like Larson serves a role for you. And 
I don't want to keep both guys because they need to start to churn the bottom of the roster. They need to have some sort of change. And if I've got to pick one, I think I'm going with Larson just because of uh, of what of the position that he plays. Yeah, um, I'll just I, I think and I would say cut him because I don't think you get anything really for either one. So I would say just let him play out the season and cut Gergensen's. Don't don't. Yeah, I think it. I would keep Gergensen's and let Larson go. Um, okay. I think that while I get that we don't have very much depth at center, I just want the the position totally remodeled. Sure. Uh, and I think Gergensen's. It's also kind of I'm giving Gergensen's kind of a loyalty pass. You you know uh, what. <laughs> like Gergensen's I, I, meant a lot to me during the bad years. Yeah. Like Gergensen's was the guy that was like, this guy, I think this guy's going to be a thing. And he never really turned out to be a thing, but I, but his, he's very good at the role that he plays. I love yep. him as a fourth line winger. I think he, he works hard. He skates hard. Um, he doesn't he really embarrass he, himself on the top. One time all-star. <laughs> right. He's got that all-star in his back pocket. Um, and he, he does score. He's scored nine goals. He's probably going to end up with what? 15. He'll probably, Hopefully. he'll probably get there. Yeah. The, the, the like, pace that's, is going that's right now. not bad for a four line. There has been some offensive creativity that's been refound in Gergensen's game. I think that when Ted Nolan was the coach and he was the number one center, Nolan was just like, all right, let it loose. They're like, we're not going to win really anyway. So right. let's just see what you got. Get, do anything you want. And he was doing toe drags around PK Subban. He did that between the legs goal, uh, goal, like highlight reel goal, where he goes around Nicholas Cronwall of the Red Wings. That was a highlight reel goal. And then I just feel like Bilesma got here, made him a winger, and just drove it through him. Like, hey, just chip and chase, keep it simple, take wrist shots from the wall, <laughs> get pucks to the net. And he took all the creativity out of Zemgis's game. And Housley, I don't really think that it did anything to refine that in him. And I feel like this season, I don't, I don't know if this has been Kruger, something Kruger's done, but he has found like he's been doing some like stuff that I haven't seen him even try since he had Ted Nolan as his head coach. Like there was a play in one of the more recent games where Gergens is coming down the wall one on one, and he's coming from the wall against a defenseman. And again, under like Bilesma, like hundred percent of the time, he is just shooting that puck through the defenseman's legs to get it on net. Instead, he puts on the brakes and he does like a spinorama backhand and it was along the ice, but it, it, so it wasn't like the greatest shot, but I'm like, all right, like that guy wouldn't have even tried that under Dan Bowsman. Maybe that's a big reason why he has seen an uptick in his goal production this season. Um, something to work with there. I'm almost talking myself into changing my answer to Gearances here because I'm also thinking about Asplund and, if I'm thinking about what are my four centers next year, Eichel is going to be one. I know Middlestad is in Rochester right now, but I'm still penciling him in as starting next year as like their third line center, hoping that there's a second line center above him that's not currently on the team. And then like if Rasmus Asplund continues to show that like, hey, I can be, I'm not going to score 20 goals for you, but I can be a two-way center for you. Then he could be my fourth line center, or maybe you even go find a fourth line center. They're not hard to find. Then yeah, maybe Larson uh, could be the guy that you let walk. Yeah, I think I, I would just go with Gergensen's really number one reason is loyalty. And number two is that he he's been producing. So that's that's where I that's where I stand with those two guys. Even though I, I wouldn't even mind if Larson stayed for, you know, pennies. They on can't the they, they can't keep both, though. Like they, they just can't. <laughs> they can't. Like, right. I, I understand. Yeah, it's, it's, it's time to it's time to switch it up. Yeah. Right. It, it's enough. Jack Eichel needs to stop. 
having to have his head down in the locker room after losses, like shaking his head and then just picks his head up to look around the room and always seeing the same faces. It's up. There's, there's Larry and there's Zemgus. Like they're just always there. Like you need, you need a breath of fresh air at some point. Four goals combined Yeah, like, for the, the season. <laughs> there they are. All right. So I think you uh, partially convinced me. So we're going to go uh, Giergensen's here as keep, and we're going to let Larson walk. I don't think you'd get much for him anyway. Um, so I guess you could trade him, but I'm not anticipating that. Curtis Lazar is next. We spoke of uh, center depth and like, he's not a, you know, he's not nothing special, but he's been okay. Like as a fourth line center option this year. And he's an RFA at the end of the year at age 25. I actually like the idea of keeping him just to keep more depth in the organization. And if we're going to let a guy like Larson walk, if you're going to have Asplund start the year and somebody gets hurt, who do you go to in Rochester? Because one issue they've actually had is there's nobody in Rochester that plays center. Like Kevin Porter is like their top guy. (laughs) So uh, Lazar, bring him back in another, you know, two way entry level deal. Uh, He's done enough for me to want him to to stick him around for that. Yeah. Yeah. Simply put, he's, he's nice two way guy. Uh, pretty safe option. You know, he's not really going to provide much, but he can provide something. And that's something you can't really get rid of. So I'd I'd keep him around too. He's actually like, he hasn't been embarrassing, like point-wise either. Eight points in 22 games, four goals. Like that's, that's not that bad that we're talking. That's like actually... Six, that's not a, am I doing the math right there? Is that 16 four goal goals? Pace? Four goals, 22 games. That's like a 15, 16, goal pace. 15, 15 goals. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't keep that up. I don't think over the course of the season, his career high is six with Ottawa in 2016. Um, but even offensively, he's been chipping the game on Saturday. He had, he had a really good chance. He just, right. you know, I think, I think the goalie made a nice save on it. Goals per 60 minutes. He's actually one of the better players on the Sabres right now because he's only averaging over, like 11 minutes. <laughs> you know what? Time, you know what? Sign him, extend him, bring him in. <laughs> Give him an eight-year deal. <laughs> Keep him <laughs> 10 around. Mil, 10 mil, yeah. I believe. Uh, funny enough, John Sebastian Day is one of the four Sabres forwards right now that has a contract for next year, but uh, we'll move on from him because he's only played two games this year anyway. Um, Can we let funny. him go? It's kind of funny. I'm sure they <laughs> Can could. We cut him? Um, yeah. All right, to the blue line, Zach Bogosian. See ya. See ya, right? Cut him. Yeah. You can't trade him. Like trade. They, there's yeah. no way they wouldn't have traded him if they could. If they could. Have. No, I mean maybe as the teams get more and more desperate as the deadline looms, maybe you can get mm-hmm. something for him. But no matter what, no no matter what, he's gone. We only have a few more months. Yeah, this so. mer- merciful end. I can't. Wait. I don't think the Sabers have any interest in bringing him back after his comments or anything. Yeah, I think they're they're totally done with him. Me neither. All right, that's that's it for the UFAs. Um, other than Sabatka and Matt Hunwick, but I assume that uh, both gone. We're, we're just cut. Yeah, goodbye. Yeah. Um, that's it for the UFAs. Let's do some of the RFAs, and we'll get. I'm gonna save Reinhardt for last because he's a forward, and we already kind of passed that. But he's the biggest name that is an RFA. Let's stick with the blue line. Lawrence Pilots a restricted free agent. I like Pilots' game. I wish they would play him more. Um, I would say keep him, especially when because he's been an AHL guy for like a year and a half now, it's not like you're gonna have to pay him all that much. So I, I like Lawrence pilot and I hope they keep him. So I'm saying keep, I would keep him too. I like you really enjoy his game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand why they don't like him. I don't understand why they don't play him. I guess mm-hmm. he's the guy that will get sent down if you have to. Cause all the other guys are, you know, old veteran guys but that's stupid logic it's such stupid stupid. logic i want to play the best six 
Right. That, Me too. That's what I would want to do. I would I would put Bogle on waivers if I could. Mm-hmm. But I understand they don't want because you're gonna just pay him for the rest of this year anyway. Well, and so he's but and he's buddies with like everybody in the locker room. Like he is, everyone loves Bogosian in the locker room. But again, the end of the day, crazy. Why do you the, love a guy that costs you games? <laughs> I know. I don't the, get it. He, he's he's not good, and, and it'll end it after this year. I've actually said I like the Sabers' top four going into the future. Like I think they have their top four figured out. It's one of the positives right now. Like if if you told me for the next five years. Their top four defensemen are Dalene, Yoki Haru, Montour, and Pilot. Like that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like for that. sure. I I would I would bring him back. I'm wondering if he's sick of the Sabers. I would be. Yeah, I would be Maybe. if I were if I was him. If I know that I'm better than if I'm watching Zach Bogosian play mm-hmm. in the NHL while I'm sitting in Rochester, I'd be I getting mean, pissed off every night after night. I'd be I, like, yeah. what do I got to do? Me, me too. And it's not like he's a young prospect either. He's 24 years old. Like, get him in the lineup already. Um, speaking of Montour, Montour, Montour's also an RFA. I would say keep him. He's not been perfect, but I like him. And I think that in the right role with the right partner, he is a top four defenseman. And he's been that for a large portion of his career. $3.3 million is what he's getting paid right now. I would imagine he's, he would see a bump in his pay. Um, at 25 years old, he's probably not looking for a bridge contract. So that'll be an interesting contract. And I guess if he's asking for something crazy, like if he wants six million bucks a year, I'm not going near that. But if I could get in between like four and a half and five for I don't know, like a four, like a five year deal, uh, I like the idea of keeping Montour around. So I'm saying keep. Yeah, he's he's too good to let go. Simply put, and you traded too much trade to let him go. Yeah, you're right. You can't trade a first round pick and your best defensive prospect at the time and Brendan Gooley for a guy and then let him walk after a year. Right. Yeah. There's no. There's no way you could do that. I think right. you. I think there's no way they let him go. I'd be stunned. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of guys actually on injured reserve that we should get to that are uh, restricted free agents. Um, looking at cap friendly, that's why they're a little bit lower down the list. Victor Olsson's an easy one, restricted free agent. You give him a bridge contract, you obviously keep him. He's one of your best goal scorers on the team. He's one of your, one of your only consistent offensive players Very, on the team. Yeah, we we miss him dearly. <laughs> we could oh, use so him. bad, especially yeah. on the power play. The, on the power play. They need to stop giving Marcus Johansson one-timers. And I know that that's kind of their only option right now because penalty kills have figured out how to play the Sabres when it's Darlene at the top, Eichel on one side, Johansson on the other. Just cover Eichel and let Johansson shoot all he wants because he doesn't have that good a shot. Like He's a good player. I like Johansson, but he does not have a good shot. And when Olafson is over there, like you, there's no perfect way to play the Sabres power play because they've got two elite shots on either side with a great passer at the top. Um so they need him dearly, not just in general, but for the lineup. But they need him on the power play. Uh, so I'm saying keep him. I'm sure you agree. You kind of said it there. Tage Thompson, I think you keep him. He was not impressive last year, but he's one of your better forward prospects in the organization. He's still only 22. He was a first-round pick. And just because you rushed him here and he shouldn't have really been here last year and everyone got a chance to see him and kind of judge him before really they should have had the opportunity to judge Thompson as a player – doesn't mean that he shouldn't be a part of this team's future. So he was yeah. good in the games he played in Rochester this season. I think you obviously, this is an easy one too. Like you're not going to let him walk. Cause like you said with Montour, you just traded for him. And <laughs> since he was the biggest part of the O'Reilly deal, you cannot let him part go. That serves any purpose. Really? <laughs> the first round pick, like maybe in three, four years, that, that, that kid would be something. That? Ryan Johnson defenseman. 
Okay. Okay. He'll be, like again, maybe he's something in three, four years, but that's a yeah, I mean, it's a late round, late yeah. first round guy, so he takes a little bit. Um, yeah. but I, I kind of like. I was strangely infatuated with Thompson last year. I know he struggled, like, but he had like he he was like kind of like Gergensen's where he was like early on in his career, where he was like trying stuff, like being aggressive, you know, mm-hmm. trying to make moves on people. He just kept like failing at it because mm-hmm. he was not ready to be there. But I I like that I like that energy. I like you know guys that are creative. And I thought that he was at least trying. Like I remember he was like trying to toe drag guys and he would like trip and fall because he's, mm-hmm. you know, a kid playing against good defensemen and the defensemen are like, okay, okay, little guy. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but I think that, you know, he gets some time in Rochester, gets to hone his craft a little bit, which apparently he's been doing well at. Um, yep. I think that he can develop and I think he could develop hopefully into a second line wing. That's yeah. like the, the ideal for me because he's he's a big guy. Like he, yeah. he's something that you could you could definitely use. He um, needed so, he needed yeah, to I, learn I like, he needed to learn how to use his body and because he di- he didn't use it like he played like a very small player and I think that we started to see a little bit of that not only just a development camp this past year but also in Rochester a little bit too. So if he continues to work on that and realize like hey. I'm 6'6", 225, and I can bully people on the ice here, and I'm going to do that and not just try to toe-drag everybody. So, yeah, I'm down for that too. Yeah. Um, um, I think we've noticed a trend with a lot of these guys. We have we have rushed onto the Sabres, rushed yes. onto the Sabres. Reinhardt ru- was rushed onto the Sabres. Middlestat rushed onto the Sabres. At mm-hmm. what point does this organization – I think Botterill gets it to a point, but like now he's being like overly patient. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you got to find the balance there. These these GMs, this management, they got to find the balance. And do we send these guys up early, or do we, you know, pull back and you know frustrate the fans to no end? Right. It's just it's very frustrating. Middle step, by the way, is also an RFA at the end of the year, but he's not a normal RFA because he's not accrued enough um, enough games or professional seasons to be eligible for an offer sheet. So he's a restricted free agent and that he needs a contract, but he can't be offer sheeted. Um, so, so that's a lock. That's I mean, a lock. They're gonna, they're he's also him, probably obviously. our top prospect still. So probably uh, maybe Dylan cousins. They would be, okay, kind of in, yeah. they would be they're in the like, same tier. They're like equal. Cause they were both yeah. drafted about the same spot. They were drafted both at eighth overall actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Linus Allmark is also a restricted free agent. The, the goal, let's go with the goaltending here as a whole. Hutton has one more year on his contract, 2.75. Allmark is a restricted free agent to me. We'll see what maybe Johansson can be the guy that is with Allmark in Buffalo next year. Cause he was, he was a high pick, like a third round pick goalie. And an AHL All-Star this season, if he plays well, to me, at 24, he will warrant being here next season um, over Carter Hutton. Allmark, though, should be here, even though he doesn't have a contract. So I'm saying keep Allmark. What you do with Hutton, then, you're not going to be able to trade him. Honestly, I'm going to kind of throw in a fourth option in the mix here. I- I'm not going to say trade him because I don't think you can do it. I'm not going to say keep him because I don't think he warrants being even your backup, given what he's been this year. Um barring him just going on a tear the rest of the season. And I'm also not going to say cut him because that would mean buying him out. And I don't want to have to deal with that contract for two more years. It's the same cap ramifications if you bury him in the minors. So to me, I'm saying bury for Carter Hutton. 
And it doesn't even have to be Rochester. You can do the Matt Molson thing where you just find some other AHL team that wants to that wants mm-hmm. to take him and you loan him there and you just say, all right, we'll take the million dollars in cap relief. We'll take the $1.75 million penalty, but only for one year, and we'll just go with two other goalies. Yeah, I actually don't hate our goalie situation. It kind of stinks if you have to, you know, bury Hutton because – Mm-hmm. I mean, he he did have. You can't he, play him. You couldn't play he him. Hasn't a, he hasn't had a good year. He hasn't had a good year. He, was he started leading. out pretty. He started out pretty hot, but then he, he started out six zero. Yeah, he cooled off in the worst of ways. Yes. Um. Over the past this week, he has not been the reason we lost. You're right. <laughs> either of those games, but he's um, also he's never yeah. the reason they win. No, he he he's not he's not reliable. Right. And that 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 kind of stinks. Um, his contract, I wish it didn't have so much term on it. Yeah. Um, but and we're still waiting for you know the goalie saviors to show up. Uh, I think Olmark is solid. I think you got to keep him around. Me too, um, because again, Olmark's not even the most consistent in the world either. But he's capable of like you know once every five games he'll just show up and he'll just be, he'll bail you out and he'll carry you through a win into a win. Yeah, and Johansson, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what he's got. I um, wish he was playing tonight. He's not, but yeah, I mean he will play eventually. Olmark's yeah. out for a while, so he's gonna. I think we have a back to back this weekend, mm-hmm. so I assume that's where we're gonna see our see Johansson play. Yeah, um, and we still wait for you know. The, the goat to arrive. <laughs> Uka the, goat, the best the best name in the world. Uka I want him to arrive with Generat still calling games. Or, I or to, as I want to hear what he says. Or I'm as just a, fascinated with what he's got in store for Uka Pekka Lukanen. You might have missed it, but Rob Ray the other day uh, called him uh, Lukanen Pekkanen Pokanen. So. <laughs> Rob, yeah, Rob, that's going to be a fun Rob one. Kills it with that. Like he, yeah. When he messes up names, it's so funny. Yeah. Um, one more player, Sam Reinhart, and this might be pretty easy. I, I say sign him. I guess there is an argument to be made that you would trade him. I don't think it's a good argument. I think at that point you're just doing change for the sake of change, and you're doing it um, – I don't mind change for the sake of change if it's on the minor level, like if you're talking about a third or a fourth liner, if you're talking about the bottom of the roster. I don't like change for the sake of change at the top. So I'm saying absolutely sign Sam Reinhardt. It's going to cost you. You should have paid him two years ago when it would have only cost you like five to six million bucks. Now you might have to pay him eight and a half a year. But that's still you have to sign him. That stinks. But you still have to sign him. Right. I think I would I would keep him. I would keep him unless the tr- it's an offer you can't refuse. That's the only way. If somebody comes calling and they're like, we really want Sam Reinhardt and we'll give you this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. And I think you listen, but you can't, you can't just do like Reinhardt. You can't do a Montour type trade with Reinhardt. You can't do, you know, I'm going to trade you Reinhardt for this good defenseman. I don't want to do a hockey trade with Reinhardt because Reinhardt's something you kind of need and you can't just get rid of. But if, if some team comes calling and they're willing to give you a ton of stuff for him, that's the only way I'd let him to trade. Right. You just kind of got to bite the bullet with the money. It stinks. Because I yeah. don't think he's worth eight and a half, but is what yeah. it is. I agree with that. Um, all right. We went through the whole roster. We uh, decided that we wanted to get rid of Johan Larson. We decided that we wanted to get rid of Zach Bogosian. We decided we wanted to get rid of Carter Hutton, I think. Where were you on Hutton? Uh 
Keep him as the backup. I'd be fine either way. I don't, okay. I don't really, I don't really see any no problem. opinion. If you bury him, that's fine. Like no opinion from Jordan. I think he, I think he can. He could also go six and zero again. Like, he could. That's goaltending. He's, he's an exact like backup goalie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what decided, uh, Jimmy yeah. VC was the other. Jimmy VC was the other one. Uh, him and Froelich, we both wanted to see traded. I think that those would be the most likely guys to be traded. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, one a final word here, maybe uh, Bills wise on Greg Olson for me. I love Greg Olson. Greg Olson's one of my favorite players in the NFL. And if he becomes a Bill, I'm sure <laughs> if he becomes a Bill. Uh, like if he becomes a Bill, I'll probably get a Chinese knockoff jersey. <laughs> Make Danny um, Gare wear it. At, uh, yeah, 88's on. available. Doesn't he wear 88? <laughs> yeah. No, 88's not available. No, that's not available. That'd be interesting. Maybe that's why he won't come here. Would like, Dawson Knox have- give up his jersey for a guy that would be here for one year? maybe i mean it's a veteran like a really respected nfl veteran that'd be interesting right. to see what the Knox would do huh. golson seems like the type of guy that would be like always wear a different number he he did wear 82 in chicago and i don't know what he wore at the university of miami um let's see if i can probably wore like- he wore he wore 82 so maybe he will do there's duke williams duke williams would give it up <laughs> yeah duke williams yeah duke, duke williams may not have a choice <laughs> Maybe, yeah, they would make Duke Williams do it, probably. All right. Uh, you can follow Jordan on Twitter at JR Hanskin. You can follow me on Twitter at SneakyJoeWGR. Um, follow the, the Twitter account for the, the podcast at Lockdown Sabres. And um, Jason Bottrell, Sabres GM, will be on the show from the Bulldog and WGR uh, today at 530. So uh, if you want to tune in for that, because I'll be talking uh, lots about it, probably his comments uh, tomorrow on the podcast. So uh, stay tuned for that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been the Lockdown Sabres podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.